0: Welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and welcome to three ways to use classical conditioning in therapy and counselling, or why I'm a chocoholic. So well into adulthood, my mouth would water whenever I heard a key turning in a lock. And you might be wondering what on earth happened to me. And the answer is nothing particularly bad, or particularly odd even. You see, when I was a child, my mother worked long hours and couldn't be at home to greet me when I came in from school. And I was known as um, a latchkey kid, you know, but to assuage her own guilt, because it didn't bother me at all, she'd bring me a chocolate bar every day. So I would eagerly wait to hear her key turn in the lock announcing my daily treat the chocolate bar, and in the process, my mother inadvertently trained my brain to trigger my salivary glands at the mere sound of metal scraping on metal. So the turning key um, primed my expectation of some soon-to-be gobbled-up chocolate. So we're all Pavlov's dogs, in some sense. So long before my latchkey kid days, Ivan Pavlov famously demonstrated the same principle, what he termed conditioning by ringing a bell whenever he fed his dogs. And pretty soon the dogs would salivate whenever they heard a bell, whether food was offered or not. This type of conditioning is also known as classical conditioning or respondent conditioning. There's no logical connection between a bell and food being served. So classical conditioning works because it uses the brain's ability to pattern match. Some of these pattern matches are innate, such as a baby knowing the shape and feel of a nipple, and some pattern matches can be learned, too, as with Pavlov's dogs, or my experience. So we all perceive and respond to the world through automatic associations of pattern matching. When something happens in the environment, a scream, an offer of a cup of coffee, the sound of a key in a lock, we produce a suitable response. The problem with pattern matching. So how do we know which response to use? And the brain performs a lightning fast search of our uh, repertory of inherited and learned pattern matches for the stimulus and triggers the matched response before we've even had time to think. So it's not that we think what, how should I respond here most of the time? It just happens quite automatically. This automatic pattern matching can be useful. Or even essential or life saving even. But it can also cause problems like when a spider is automatically matched to extreme fear. Addictive, depressive or traumatic pattern matches can cause untold misery for millions of people. Fortunately, we therapists can also make use of the power of pattern matching to help our clients. So here are three effective ways to use the power of pattern matching for therapeutic benefit. So, number one, use words, of course. You know, words are all about association. A word is just a block of sound, of course. But we very quickly learn some powerful pattern matches. Two words, just the word chocolate, can produce a pattern match for many people. So, for example, if you think of the worst swear word that you know, now imagine saying that word to a three-month-old baby. And I'm not recommending you actually do this, but the baby won't react if you just say it in a neutral tone because they have no pattern match to the word. They haven't learned to associate that word with any specific meaning. To them, it's just a meaningless noise. But say that same meaningless noise to your boss or little old friendly neighbor and you'll see the pattern match well and truly demonstrated because they have an association with that word. So words are powerful because we give them power. When you uh, want to evoke a particular positive state in your client, you can associate that state, be it confidence or calm or being in the zone or whatever, with a particular word or phrase. And you can do this through having them strongly imagine feeling calm when they think the word or more powerfully and quickly by using hypnosis if you're trained to do that. So if Pavlov had been able to use his interest in hypnosis to get his dogs to hypnotically imagine eating every time he said the word bell, then the dogs would have experienced automatic unwanted drooling just as effectively. So I I might repeat the word now every time I help a client evoke a positive state. Then I suggest that when they say now to themselves before they make their presentation or go on their big date, they'll automatically feel positive. The word becomes their Uh, talisman to take with them to trigger good feelings. Two, use places. So places can have very strong associations for people, of course. People who had a bad time in school decades ago might find themselves feeling inexplicably uncomfortable if they have to enter a school classroom or similar setting as an adult they experience a pattern match to the environment, even if they may have forgotten all about what happened specifically. In the same way, we uh, someone with a dental phobia can trigger extreme anxiety in themselves with the mere thought of sitting in a dentist's waiting room. But on the positive side, if you want someone to, uh, say, feel confident at work, you can get them to imaginatively or hypnotically rehearse a pattern match of going through the front door at the work as a cue to feel calm and in control. Three, use physical patterns. If you go out for an evening of hilarity with a much loved and very witty friend, you might find that after a while anything they say becomes hysterical. And this is because you've been primed to associate the sound of their voice with laughter. If they were to subtly touch you on the shoulder each time they made you laugh uproariously, then pretty soon you might find that just the touch of the hand brings a smile to your face, even if they haven't just cracked another joke. So I use this pattern match often by asking my clients to squeeze thumb and forefinger together every time I help them to evoke a positive feeling in hypnosis. And we're building an association on a physical level. If we do this enough, after a while and sooner than you might think, just the act of bringing thumb and forefinger together can make them feel empowered. And we can then hypnotically rehearse them bringing their fingers together as they go into that interview room or as they step out onto the stage. Physical pattern matches can be very strong indeed. And never forget that pattern matching is going on all the time. If a therapist or counsellor works out of the old orthodoxy that all therapy has to be painful and focusing exclusively on getting the client to dig up and analyse the unhappy past... It's not surprising if the client finds themselves feeling tearful just by entering the therapy room. All the bad feelings they have encountered in the therapy room before turns visiting a therapist into one big negative pattern match for them and they come to expect to feel upset when they do that. That's why I practice and teach solution-focused therapy, concentrating on a person's resources to meet clear therapy goals so that clients leave a session with me feeling empowered and calm. I strive through my voice, appearance, clinic, actions, and word choice to elicit a positive automatic association in my clients as just the thought of coming to talk to me. Speaking of positive automatic associations, did I just hear a key in the door? No, I didn't. Okay. So I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to uh, subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unc.com slash blog.